Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time once again for a fall camp watch along. This time on a Tuesday evening. August the 15th, 2023, Travis Ryder, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com, back with you, the Crimson Tide, on Tuesday, working in full pads following Saturday's, last Saturday's scrimmage at Bryant-Denny Stadium. Of course, another important scrimmage on tap this coming Saturday at Bryant-Denny and getting to that point, right, where you're starting to think that Numbers are going to be streamlined a little bit as far as legitimate options in your top 40, top 45 guys. Went into last Saturday probably feeling like you knew a good bit about your top 28 to 32 or so. What you hope is that you came out of that scrimmage feeling like you had a better understanding of who maybe your top 40 to 50 guys are. And so reps should start to reflect that as we move forward. Still plenty of competition battles that are raging on. And I think even though it's a condensed version of footage that we have from the University of Alabama today, it does speak to some of that competition that is going on with an emphasis maybe more so on the lines of scrimmage, the front seven on defense. Uh, And we also heard from Nick Saban following Tuesday's practice. So we may interject some of that into the watch along this evening as well. But as we get things started, there he is, Nick Saban, working through the early stages of Tuesday's practice. And I'm going to go ahead and stop at three seconds in because I think it's worth noting a couple of things. Just a reminder that essentially all that we see here in this footage that we receive from Alabama is going to entail individual drills. You're not going to see seven on seven in this practice footage from UA. You're not going to see teamwork. You're not going to see 11 on 11. So what you're going to see is the early stages of practice, the early periods. Maybe once in a while they'll show you some flex. Scott Cochran, back in 2008, went a long way to sort of nuking flex for the media when we were able to go out there on a consistent basis with that comment about the University of Georgia wearing the black jerseys for that matchup in Athens all those years ago. But What we do see uh, with individual drills is that you'll see position groups sort of combine and work together. And that's what you got right here during the early stages of the footage. You've got corners, you got defensive back working with some wide receivers and some drills there. A lot of times they entail ball security or sometimes they'll entail coming up and run support to, you know, get a block in space, get off blocks in space because it's a big part, obviously, for both those positions on both sides of the ball for the receivers and also for the defensive backs. But Saban there coaching up freshman defensive back, a little hurley a little bit. And I'll push it back just a little bit too, because in the background there, about six seconds in, we do see again, a couple of position groups that looks like that are working together. Shouldn't come as a surprise because there's functionality, I guess you could say, on the practice field when you bring, say, tight ends and outside linebackers, tight ends and linebackers in general together. Um, Right there, you see C.J. Dupree in the background. You've got some of those outside linebackers. And really what you have seen in the past 
in situations like this early in practice when Alabama's had cross trainers at the linebacker position, say a Rashawn Evans years ago. We would go out to practice for individual periods, the few that we would see, and you might see Rashawn Evans working with the inside linebackers in this period. Maybe he goes out over to the outside linebackers. Uh, some of that certainly has to do with the situational packages that Alabama likes to employ, whether it's base and then you go to, let's say, a pass rush nickel or the dime rabbits and you want to keep this outside, this inside linebacker on the field, but he's more of an edge in those looks. And that was, of course, kind of the way it worked with Rashawn Evans. We also get into the outside linebackers once again. I like this stuff, man. Uh, Coleman Hutzler there overseeing Dallas Turner about 15 seconds into the footage, uh, working on not just shooting the hands, okay? From really Saban's start at Alabama, there was an assistant coach that worked on the other side of the ball. And he talks so much about rolling your hips uh, and getting your lower body engaged and timed up with that strike with your upper body. And that's what you're seeing here, where, again, it looks like it's mostly about the upper body. It's really starting from the ground up. And you see Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell 18 seconds into this. Uh, obviously, two guys expected to hold down the edges for Alabama. Will be interesting how they're utilized together, how much. Do we see a continuation of what we've seen in recent years where Alabama's two outside linebackers with as much nickel as Alabama plays, five defensive backs, essentially base defenders? You know, back in the day, it was, well, you had two outside linebackers um, if you were in base. But then when you went to nickel, you know, Alabama would still leave three defensive linemen on the field with an outside linebacker. Now, a guy who can handle that in the big nickel for Alabama and has done it in the past is Justin Aboigby. So that could be a possibility, or it could be that Braswell now up to 255 pounds, you just put him out there with Dallas Turner and you kind of roll with it. But again, working hands, working the hips here with the sled work, working on stacking, getting those eyes inside and shedding the block there. You saw Q Robinson and Keanu Coat. A couple of young guys there that we just saw, and Quay Roussal, and Yonze Pierre, here comes Keon Keeley, another fabulously talented incoming edge or true freshman edge. And this is where a lot of times it shows up for young guys making that move to the next level. Because at the high school level, and there's more and more programs out there that do a tremendous job of technique and leverage and those type of things and getting at least a base understanding for these guys at the high school level. But there's also still a lot of places where they don't have the resources or maybe the staff size are the types of things that allow for that type of um, development where guys are pretty much cut loose in high school. You know, they just go get the football, run around and go get it. Uh, so that's where a lot of times you have kind of like pass protection for running backs is a little bit slow in coming. Sometimes that's what you see a lot of times really being able to play with your hands as much as anything for young linebackers in general, but certainly it's true at the outside positions as well. Not so much of a problem for number 35 there, Jeremiah Alexander, who has that body type that has always translated to being strong against the run. Uh, and he's got the time in the program now. And he understands it more uh, than maybe some of those first-year guys. Uh, but there again is Q Robinson with Q. Um, there's Quay again with Yonzi Pierre, uh, back to Dallas Turner, 
and also Chris Braswell. So Coleman Hudson getting a lot of camera time here for his guys as you rep back around to Robinson and Coot. Blue skies in Tuscaloosa, as we can see. Maybe not as uh, quite as brutal as far as the conditions go. It looked like basically the midsection of the country right there from about mid-Alabama, central Alabama up through Chicago. Not that I'm Jim Cantori or anything, okay? It looked like caught a little bit of a break on Tuesday. When you look ahead to Saturday for the scrimmage, though, it looks like, and again, like last Saturday, <laughs> high 90s is what they're projecting right now for the scrimmage. And there you see some walk-ons getting some work as well. Always good to see those guys get a little bit of time. Important people, man, walk-ons. Uh, not just in terms of you know the look that they give your starters or your two deep guys uh, on a consistent basis, uh, whether it's individual drills, whether it's teamwork, uh, but they also, with them filling in some of these reps, they give some of your guys a chance to sort of catch their breath, especially in the month of August. You know, it's like quarterback. You got to have enough arms not to overstress the arms that you're actually evaluating for a competition like the one Alabama has now. Uh, if you want you want to get everybody a lot of reps. You want to get your your top guys a lot of reps. But um, with the tempo that Alabama works at on the practice field, without some of these walk-ons taking on some of these reps, especially in individual drills, it would be even more difficult to sort of push through these practices in the preseason. Got it rolling once again here as we're at the 1 minute and 12 second mark. More of the outside linebackers. Uh, and this is an area, again, where a year ago, Alabama, if we're being honest, the numbers look good, but in some critical spots, didn't take care of business, wasn't disciplined enough, eye discipline wasn't good, busted assignments, Jaden Daniels, again, some of what he was able to do in the LSU game comes to mind. Tennessee didn't run for a ton of yards, but Tennessee ran it well enough. And so, whereas we always talk about pass rush as it relates to edge guys, it still starts with the run in Alabama, even without Will Anderson uh, in 2023. That's an area where in terms of consistency and when the game's on the line, Alabama will want to run the football, especially better this time around. And they're going to want to be better uh, against the run as you get into the fourth quarter. There's Tim Keenan. Speaking of run defense, how about the big guy? Is he ready to step in and take on more of a role? You know, Jaheim Otis, by all accounts, has had a really good fall camp. But Keenan may be pushing himself into that mix for a top five or six role. And who knows? Maybe on early downs, if you feel like Jaheim Otis is at a point right now in his development where you can play him at a base end or a big nickel end, maybe you put Keenan out there with Jaheim Otis. You want to be stout against the run? That sounds pretty stout to me. You get into some of the younger guys as we roll the tape here as well. Anquin Barnes, looks like Isaiah Hastings working together there with Freddie Roach. And again, this is not a fun drill for veterans, but it is sort of a revealing drill like it is for the outside linebackers for the defensive linemen in terms of being able to synchronize their lower body, their upper body, the hand placement that's required to lock out that sled. Um, some guys make it look really easy, but you can almost hear it when you watch a veteran do this as compared to a young player. You, you don't even have to see it. The sound that it makes a lot of time will tell you what you need to know. More defensive line work here. Um, 
you got a young guy, Jordan Renaud over there, number 90 also in this drill, and very much a developmental player, like most of these linemen are. You know, I know everyone wants offensive and defensive linemen to just jump in and light it up from day one. The reality of the, that situation is that's that's typically not going to happen. Didn't really happen for Jonathan Allen. Didn't really happen for I can go down the list of guys that it took some time. Quinnen Williams uh, redshirted, I believe. Uh, Deron Payne, all these guys, it took some time. And for Jordan Renaud, this is a guy who came to Alabama sort of a tweener, more of an edge body coming out of high school. So he needs the time physically, kind of like Jonathan Allen needed. Although we did see Jonathan, I believe, as a true freshman as that season wore on. But uh, it's not it's not uh, unusual, uh, certainly, for guys to need that time. As we get into the offensive line here, at the 1 minute and 48 second mark, it's an interesting combination that we get going here with there's Darian Dahlcourt at right guard, and you also have him working alongside right tackle J.C. Latham. So still working different combinations. I wouldn't take too much out of all of this other than what we thought going into the first scrimmage is likely still the case coming out of it in that nothing has been finalized at left tackle as we roll this here in a little bit. And also that guard spot opposite Tyler Booker. Now, you have a couple things working in your advantage with all that, too. You have a veteran in Darian Dahlcourt who, whether you ask him to work at left or right, he's worked at left a good bit going back to spring practice. So we see him here at right. Shouldn't be that big a deal. Now, you got some guys that, depending on if they're right-handed or left-handed, it can be a bit tricky. Uh, but Terrence Ferguson is a guy at this point in his career that's flipped between the two spots, and, he, and we've seen him even work. Uh, at the center position some, so shouldn't be a big deal, but just mixing and matching still as we get ready for the second scrimmage of fall camp. And there we see Terrence Ferguson at the one minute and 53 second mark, and he's working alongside true freshman Wilkin Formby. Wilkin Formby, of course, a four-star tackle who signed back in December as a part of the 2023 class. Here you see Wilkin, kind of a technician type. And when I see him, I come very close, and I'm sure I'll do this at some point. I'll make the mistake of probably referring to Wilkin Formby as Bradley Bozeman. It's I see the number and those type of things. And Bradley Bozeman was a versatile dude. And, and I think Wilkin can be that kind of guy. Uh, but you see the handwork, the hand placement here, working the technique. Wilkin Formby, I've always felt in watching him sort of develop there in Tuscaloosa at Northridge High School. Uh, self-made player, talented dude too. That's not to say he doesn't have the requisite talent needed to play at this level or at a high, high level. Uh, but a dude that really put in the work throughout and, and became a better and better player. It seemed like every week during his high school career. And I think it's a more of a matter of when, not if for Wilkin Formby. And it's also good here in the practice footage at the 207 mark to see Miles McVeigh. Miles uh, sidelined a little bit, and uh, here he is working the drill here at the 207 mark. Looks like Terrence Ferguson uh, beside Miles McVeigh as well. And who knows, man? I mean, that tackle situation, I wouldn't count anybody out right now. So whereas we talk about Wilkin Formby, Miles McVeigh, some of these guys is uh, you know still a little bit away, somebody's got to take that job. 
And it looks like right now it's still Caden uh, Proctor that of that group, of those young guys that you would point to as we see him right here in the two-minute, 13-second mark, working alongside Tyler Booker. Tyler Booker instead of the right side. In this drill, we see him on the left side. Tyler worked it both left and right throughout the 2022 season. It shouldn't be a problem for him either. Mixing and matching, trying to find those best combinations. But Caden uh, Proctor, uh, you know, the longer that thing has gone on at left tackle, you've always felt like that bode well for his chances uh, because it was going to take him a little bit longer. And so we'll see if Caden Proctor here as we get into the stretch run of fall camp and man, fall classes going to start right around the corner. I mean, you had bid day right here in the last couple of days, I guess. Yeah. Um, you're going to get into the start of classes and that kind of times up with a lot of times that narrowing down, that thinning of the herd, and initially at least, and we're going to talk about this right now with the quarterbacks at the two-minute and 15-second mark, initially repping and coming up with the groups that you're going to focus on for Middle Tennessee because I know everybody's pointing to Texas, and I in no way expect Middle Tennessee to come to Tuscaloosa and shock the world, uh, but you can't find yourself in a situation where uh, – Perhaps you don't have the confidence-inspiring performance. You you need to play well in the opener. You need to play well in the opener, not just in terms of you know solidifying some things and what you think you have in this team physically, but with Texas up in week two, you, you need a solid to really good performance for the the mental aspect of it. You know, you need to see the ball go in the hoop consistently in that opener against MTSU. So Ty Simpson here at the two minute and 15 second mark. He's up first in the video, working a little bit of a comeback route, the freshman tight end Ty Lockwood. Then we get Tyler Buckner. He's going to hit a crossing route there. Jalen Hale, man, that dude's going to be a player. I know that to this point, hadn't been as much talk about Jalen Hale and really the freshman receivers in general. But you know, when you got Jermaine Burton, you got Ja'Cory Brooks, you got Malik Benson, you got Shaz Preston, you got Kendrick Law. There's a backlog right now. You know, you're going to have to kind of go through those guys as a true freshman, or at least a couple of them, if you're Jalen Hale, to work your way onto the field. But I think big picture-wise, I still like Jalen Hale a lot. thought we saw enough of him back in the spring in the 8A game. Uh, you saw him on an over route in that scrimmage. Nice ball from Dylan Lonergan. Uh, and then Hale makes... Bray Hubbard miss after the catch, picks up some more yardage. Jalen Hale is going to be just fine. So Simpson's still working here in the video. He, too, hits the crossing route to Shaz Preston. Jalen Milrow up next. He hits the pivot route to Robbie Oots. Jalen Milrow, by all accounts. I don't know if Jalen's done enough to get both hands on the job, but – if he had one hand on it, he hasn't lost that grip to this point. So still very much a competition. I've said all along, kind of like the old BCS championship format, you don't necessarily have to be the one going into Middle Tennessee. If you're the two, I think you're still very much in it. You still have a chance to win it. So that's the challenge right now for these three quarterbacks, getting into those top two slots because – you get the sense that it's still close enough, uh, perhaps maybe more so with Milrow and Simpson at this point, with Buckner also there, that if you're in those top two, 
going into that opener, you got a chance. You still have very much of a chance. And so there's Robbie Oots. Here comes Simpson again, just working some simple routes with the tight ends and wide receivers. Hits uh, C.J. Dupree there. There's Amari Nyblack. Talk about a guy who's had a lot of buzz surrounding him throughout the course of fall camp to date. Uh, apparently had a really nice scrimmage last Saturday. And we talked about the intriguing possibilities that you can – um, think about with him, not just in terms of 11 personnel with three wide receivers on the field with Amari Nyblack, but you know, you've got a couple of tight ends in C.J. Dupree and Amari Nyblack. You want to put them out there. You talk about some matchup issues in 12 personnel uh, with linebackers and safeties. Yeah, I think you could certainly see that coming to fruition as well. But Danny Lewis, another guy, uh, some really, really fascinating combinations. And I think more so certainly than a year ago, um, that that's going to be a, a tougher position. Cam Latou was very productive, not to say he wasn't, um, but I don't know if they were able to stress um, defensive personnel like they will be able to uh, with this collection of tight ends in 2023. So Milrow's still working. We talked about Danny Lewis. He's working that little comeback route. Probably be a good route against uh, either zone or man. And then Buckner with the crossing route to Ja'Cory Brooks. Nick Saban on record following that scrimmage on Saturday. Not happy with some drops. So uh, you're not going to see drops in the footage provided by UA as we come to the close of the footage. But uh, uh, still, you see Emmanuel Henderson there at the end. And, you know, when it comes to just slot personnel, when you think about Isaiah Bond and Kobe Prentice and Emmanuel Henderson working inside too, and you got to be careful, too, with those kind of talents because you sort of pigeonhole them like a Jalen Waddle. You know, I think a lot of people still consider Jalen Waddle to be a, almost exclusively a slot guy, and he was – and he is still hell in the slot. But when you've got that type of talent, they can play other spots. You know, you, you can get them in there in 12 personnel when you've got just two wide receivers on the field. Um, and if they're good enough, if two or more of them are good enough, you can get two or more of them out there in 11 personnel. You know, you're going to get your best wide receivers on the field, similar to what we talked about with the offensive line and certainly the secondary to this point too, with the possibilities that Alabama has on the back end with the additions of Jalen Key and also Trey Amos from Louisiana. That's going to do it for the latest watch along here on the Bama Online Podcast. We've got you covered right there at BamaOnline.com. You need to come hang out with us if you don't already. I mean, come on, where you at? Come to the roundtable, our premium message board there at BamaOnline.com. It's a lot of fun. That's where you're going to find out all of the breaking news first is right there at the roundtable with us at BamaOnline.com. Tim Watts, Andrew Bone, Joseph Hastings, Charlie Potter, Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, myself, we're ready for you, ready to hang out right there at BOL. Travis Ryer, thanking you once again. Again, if you haven't already, you'll be able to find this video on a consistent basis at the personal YouTube account, at Travis Ryer, BOL. And of course, the show also uploads the audio version to the podcast home for the Bama Online Pod. Wherever you consume pods, you're going to find the Bama Online Podcast. So if you would subscribe to the pod as well and leave us a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate that. Until next time.
Song, everybody. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.